0: Yeah man, I'll definitely uh, put a new perpetual care single out. You know. Oh yeah, it's on Spotify. So. That's out. And uh, and of course Napster is Norton likes to say. Yeah 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 yeah
1: yeah. That that's out now. Yeah man. When did that come out? Oh, uh, like a month or two ago. Oh put it okay. Out? okay okay I was yeah, thinking man. like past like a couple days or something and I missed oh, yeah. it. No no no. I, that was um. Everyone you know. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 yeah. That was awesome. It sounds great. Like I love that it went from. Me hearing you guys play it live to the record. Mm. And it sounds like the it sounds exactly the same. I mean I'll put right. some polish on it and stuff, but I love it. It's it play sounds around. really good. But go ahead and introduce yourself, man.
0: Well, uh, I'm Darren Converse. I play in uh perpetual care, whiskey and wine. I like to uh make electronic music and um I mean just jam with whoever's down to jam.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So real quick just to kind of get started we got whiskey and wine we got we got perpetual care we got one one zero one we got the pickle palace pickle
0: palace am i leaving anything out not really i mean uh philip wise and i think we might have a I think we're playing St. Patrick's Day together, so you know, Phil oh, cool. and I are jamming together.
1: Oh, okay, and
0: like uh, like a, together, together. Like, yeah, we've oh. been uh, we've been kind of getting together once a week, rehearsing and stuff. Nice, so. nice. That's all, just doing like covers and stuff. Covers. Um, he's he's supposed to be pulling out some of his original tunes soon, so we can start working on that. Yeah, yeah. Them out and stuff. So. Yeah, that'd be awesome.
1: Well, that's exciting. I'm glad glad to see you guys uh, getting together and making some stuff happen. That's awesome. Well, bring me up to speed on everything. What, what do I need to know? What does everybody need to know?
0: Um. Not much, man. My life has just kind of been in a world of jazz recently. Okay. For like the past like six or eight months, it's just been straight jazz for me. Oh wow, it's a long stretch of jazz. Yeah, a lot of jazz. Playing in a church band now. Okay. So that's a that's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get your gospel chops up. All different types of chops. Yeah. Blues, R and B, gospel, like yeah. we're all over the place. Very cool.
1: Yeah. Well, what what's brought on the like? This stretch of jazz music, what have you been listening to? What's informing you?
0: Well, I mean, it all started of course, Django, Django Reinhardt, the man, the master of the uh, the gypsy jazz there mm-hmm. um, kind of like because like you know, growing up, I always heard like I always was like interested in jazz, mm-hmm. but I can never really find jazz that I like, and people are always just like, "Oh, you got to find some jazz that you're interested in.": Yeah, absolutely. 100 percent. And I never really found it until I found some gypsy swing. And I was like, "Oh, this shit's dope." Mm-hmm. So uh, then uh, that course led to uh, some kind of like the '90s swing revival, big bad voodoo daddy, scroll net zippers, and all that stuff. So like, mm-hmm. start getting more into like swing music, and then of course big band swing. And then I was just like, "Okay, let's cover a bossa tune." Like, just get in some jazz. Very cool. And I think it's a uh, well, really dove into it. Is like, yeah, especially like doing all the cover work that I've done. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like the pop tunes and stuff are just kind of like boring. After a while, it's just kind of like the same big old cowboy chord progressions, little predictable, but like jazz. I don't know, like harmonically, it's more interesting. And mm. More like even if I'm just like comping chords the whole time, it's a little bit more interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. It's, it's more interesting behind the scenes instead of just like all major scales, and then when you go to the bridge, it's all minor scales, or you know, whatever the trope of the time is. But that's interesting. Um, I don't get a lot of people on here. Pumping up uh, swing music, so thank you for starting out with that. Yeah, man. I think it's a very interesting point of time. Is, is that informing a lot of what you guys are doing in whiskey and wine right now? Oh yeah, because I and noticed that's... you started adding a couple more people here and there. And
0: oh yeah, well of course I got uh, my girlfriend Molly, who uh, her voice just kind of fits the whole swing vibe in mm-hmm. general, you know. And then Max is just phenomenal drummer that he is and is able to really kind of help like push us in that direction mm-hmm. and then we got of course Brandon on bass now uh Gordon's playing keys for us uh Tyler Faircloth fills in on the drums does some great work and then um I've got David Camp on the horns he's been playing with us and a new kid I don't know if you know Trent Patton I don't think I know Trent he's been hitting up some open mics he's from uh, South Carolina what does he, like he play he plays the trumpet is okay like super young i think he's like 19 or 20 but i mean oh i think I, yeah
1: yeah 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 he like goes to the barrel house south jam a lot i think i've yeah, seen man. him okay well shout out to those guys fuck yeah that's awesome yeah now you just need 27 more people <laughs> exactly that's the goal man <laughs> hell yeah It's gonna be the whiskey and wine orchestra well you so you play guitar primarily in whiskey and wine you play bass and perpetual care uh you do the the beeps and the boobs for your yeah, electronic product all the beeps what like and boops. D- do all these instruments and these ways of like expressing yourself do they feel like you're at home when you're on them or is there one that's like more your speed or
0: uh, I mean definitely especially now because I'm like consider myself primarily a guitar player now mm. uh, well, I used to consider myself a bass player but that's a lie. Why is that a lie? I, I mean, I still play bass, but I just play so much guitar now, and I like put so much more focus on the guitar. So okay. it's kind of shifted more in the guitar direction. So I'm definitely more comfortable with the guitar. But uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, really, all instruments. I think it's. I mean, I've appreciated being a multi instrumentalist, just being able to pick up different instruments and kind of like ride different creative waves and mm. like have those new voices lead to like just different music, different things. Sure,
1: sure, sure. That's awesome. Well, like, what's your favorite part, if, if the guitar is, the, is taking precedent, like, what's your favorite part about that instrument?
0: The portability. <laughs> <laughs> it's super portable. You okay. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I like the guitar. I mean, honestly, my favorite instrument right now is piano. Okay. I love piano. I love playing the piano. I've even been taking piano lessons. That's awesome. So very cool. But uh, the guitar—I just I know it better, so that's why Mm -hmm. I play it more. Mm. I'm uh, I'm better at the guitar, so it's easier for me to like express myself with it. Get what you're trying to get out there, out there. Oh yeah,
1: slap that bag, homie. I don't even know what wine. that means. I just went to a couple festivals. Slap a bag. <laughs> Anytime I wanted <laughs> wine, people made me slap a bag and then I drank the wine and I was like, <laughs> rewarding. Beautiful. Start using that, man. Slap
0: that bag. Yeah, I th-
1: I th- it's a thing. It's I'm pretty sure it's a thing.
0: I think we've been working on this, this box of wine for like five days. It's a good investment. <laughs> it, well, it, uh, I think Molly's dad brought it over for that uh, the pickle fest we had recently. Mm-hmm. It's like thirteen bands, and he showed up at some point and just brought this box of wine and just left it.
1: Yeah, how was the yeah. pickle fest?
0: Oh, it was uh, it was dope, man. It was dope. We had of uh, course lots of beer, Cooked up some uh, some some vegan burgers, some regular cool. burgers, hot dogs, and just kind of fed everybody. It was supposed to be eleven bands, turned into thirteen bands. And uh, not really bands, like a solo acts. We mm-hmm. didn't have a bad mistake played, mm-hmm. and uh, it was my first time catching them. And there. I don't know if you've heard them play together. I don't,
1: are they they from around here?
0: Yeah, it's uh, Alex Talley. and okay. F- I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the other guy's name, that's Matthew right. some, Matthew Dixon, something like that. Okay, but it's just like drums and bass, and they like have like this distorted bass and run kind of like two channels out, so they have like a high end bass and a low end bass.
1: Okay, that's cool.
0: And then they're both singing like harmonies the entire time, and it's just kind of like kind of like grungy system of a down like Okay yeah
1: I don't I haven't caught them so <clears throat> That sounds interesting I wanna catch that.
0: Oh so. was, was a cool performance that night but yeah it was it was a long day we started at 3 ended like around like 11 or midnight mm-hmm. and just uh, kept the music going all day
1: That's awesome man. That's really cool. I think that's one of the coolest things that you guys are involved with cuz that's a lot like this you know like you're you're sort of putting a little bit at sacrifice to help other people get their stuff out there, get the chance to perform and stuff, and I think that's really admirable. D- do you find that experience really rewarding? Do you oh, like of running the house show? Oh yeah, I mean I love doing it. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean I remember y'all been running it for a while now. I think we played at one of the first first oh, yeah. shows y'all had,
0: and it was like. I think you played the very first show. Was it the first it was show? Just like yeah. one afternoon, we we're like let's throw a house well, show tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I called and you guys up yeah. and I made it happen.
1: And ever since then, it's it's been one of our favorite like places to play, and definitely like one of the our favorite house shows to play but i like it's been so interesting watching y'all keep that going and keep people coming and continue to have acts coming through and i think it i think it's really
0: cool what y'all are doing what's your favorite part about that i don't know just kind of a uh, i don't know one in a sense being kind of like a curator for everything kind of mm-hmm. putting it all together and then uh just having the opportunity to do it, just have a have a space for people to play, like mm-hmm. get rid of the gatekeepers and the bar scene, and having to spend money, to, like to be at a bar to go see a band and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. just come in, donate to the band, and uh, sit in a nice, intimate environment, listen to music, and just being able to share that experience with the community has just been a
1: uh, been dope. Yeah, it's fucking excellent, man. I'm really happy you guys are doing that because y'all are one of the one of the few house venues still operational, up and running right now. I think yeah. it's you and then it was Simone's Lounge. It's something. Gordon told me what it was last time. Maryland I Mansion, Ma- I think. Maryland Mansion. And then I think Quo's still closed. I think they're in the middle I, of moving.
0: I'm not sure. Yeah. But I know they've kind of like been doing a thing at Sibby's. So. That's true.
1: Yeah. And that, that was, they reclaimed that? They bought that or something? They had a, I, I have no idea yeah, was going sure. on with it. Kuna was telling me a little bit about that on the the, the last time I s- spoke with him. Um, so I guess yeah, that's kind of like a little house show thing. I'm trying to keep keep up with everything, but yeah, you guys are you guys are doing good work. So, going back to the jazz for a second, yeah, man. Does it bother you that Django Reinhardt will be better than all of us with
0: two fingers <laughs> every day? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> every day. You know, but uh, I was even talking about it last night. It's like you can't uh, you can't always compare yourself to people like that. Yeah, for sure, for like, sure. <laughs> Just geniuses, man.
1: Absolutely. There's a video we watched, and I I had a sounds and media class, and my professor was really into Django Reinhardt, and we watched it. And it was Django Reinhardt, a four or five piece band, and then like this virtuoso violinist Mm -hmm. playing. And it was one of the few times that I've seen like two virtuosic kind of musicians get together and it just... Fucking worked really well. I'm, if I find it, I'll send you the link because I don't legit. know if it's on YouTube. He just had an archival sort of footage deal in his mm-hmm. like um, his lesson plan, but it was it was amazing to watch, just the two of them like bouncing ideas off each other in that sort of gypsy jazz swing sort of. I, I don't know. It was incredible. But I'll definitely oh, yeah. send in some of that your way if I find it. What else have you been? What else have you been listening to recently?
0: Uh, well, I mean, of course, hip hop. A lot of hip hop, um, trap music. I love my trap. You like trap? Okay. I love my trap. Um, a lot of, especially instrumental hip hop beats, um, trip hop. Mm-hmm. Love me some trip hop, Portishead. And you're it's making a, some of that. Yeah, man. Yeah. Kind of, I mean, kind of. I don't even really know how to classify what I'm making. I'm just, you know, just doing some weird noises. Experimenting. Some beeps and some boobs. Yeah, man. yeah,
1: yeah. That's the way to do it. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, like, who, who are some of the more recent. Hip hop artist that you've been getting really into because you're really deep into that whole new sort of like new was, stuff. Yeah, I was watching you DJ after uh the show at the Jinx that one time, and like mm-hmm. it was all really new music. You're mixing it together and you're you know doing your own thing with it. But I was like, he's up on his game at what's coming up, coming out right now. So
0: kind, of, I mean, kind of. I mean, I wouldn't say all of it, but especially a lot of trap and stuff like that. I'm really into um. I don't know if you ever heard of Baby Keem, but he just dropped a new track uh, a couple months back called Orange Soda. Mm-mm, not familiar. Just, yeah, it's just been my jam, man. Yeah. That song slaps. <laughs> um, that's another thing you're up to date on is the lingo. <laughs> I <laughs> mean, it's in the music, you know? Yeah, you for just, sure. You just hear these words over and over again and, mm-hmm. you know, but um, I don't know. There's, I don't, I'm sure you're familiar with Lil Nas X. Yes. Yes. But yes. he, uh, you know, he had that song uh, "Old Town Road" or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not the biggest fan. The last few releases, not the biggest fan. But he dropped a new track called "Rodeo" with Nas. So it's Lil Nas X and Nas on the same track. Okay. And uh, that was a smart move. It was. It was lyrically, it worked out at a few <laughs> yeah, moments yeah, yeah. too. But uh. You know, it's a, kind of like a standard pop song with the, with the trap country feel in a sense, but it was honestly like really good.
1: I mm-hmm.
0: like, of course, Noss had like the best verse on it. but uh,
1: mm-hmm. Wow.
0: <laughs> it was still like, it was catchy. And, like the hook for it was just like super catchy and like almost kind of like this like very, I don't want to say monotone because it was like a melody to it, but it was just kind of very simple and it just kind of vibed really well.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: So. The one thing that I like, I
1: personally just didn't really go for Old Town Road because everybody was like telling me oh, it's it's like the perfect blend of hip hop and country. I was like, I don't know what Charles' definitions for either of those are, but you know, what, you know, oh, yeah. go in peace. But um, the one thing that I wasn't shocked about was that Billy Ray Cyrus was involved in like one of the biggest singles of all time because people forget in the I think it was the late eighties or early nineties that um, "Don't Tell My Heart." You know, ache, oh, your yeah. break your heart. That was one of the biggest singles of all time, and then he just mm. did it again in another decade. So I wasn't shocked at <laughs> all. But it was, I think the out of people that I've talked to, like Max Jacob and then my girlfriend Sam, are the yeah. only ones that I've talked to that didn't enjoy the song. So I was like, all right, well, like definitely not on the right side of this. But I feel it. I'll stick to my guns on it. What it, like and them. you said you weren't necessarily all about. That particular
0: song? Yeah, that song. I mean, most of his releases, I'm not like that crazy about, you know, like, especially Old Town Road. Like, I get why. Yeah. Why it did what it did, but uh, it's not my cup of tea, really.
1: When we were discussing the. You brought up an interesting point when we were talking about it, that it came out at the same time as, like, Red Dead was coming out, and, like, it was, like, just the perfect moment for that. Oh, yeah. All those things to come together. And I was like, that's a really good point. I like it when people. Uh, shed light on something like that that I would have never even thought of, and so I think that was a really excellent point. Is there any of his, like, other than the Nas song that's come out? Is there any of his music that you really like or you've been listening to, or is just kind of not really? Just yeah. that, I just
0: I heard that one song on the radio and I was like, oh, this should kind of, is good. Yeah. So yeah. and I had to look it up and I was like, oh man, it's Lil Nas X. What? Mm-hmm. All right, he's got something. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah.
1: He'll he's gonna have, for sure, a good career. Oh. Oh, I, th- yeah. I think he's going to be one of those like long-standing names and he might not be the most like, I'll say, I don't know about that, you know, you don't think even so? in like
0: this new song, you can kind of tell there, uh, the record company was kind of pushing him for that, you know, still adding that country Western twang mm-hmm. to what he was doing, you know? So uh, trying to
1: recapture that magic, like, okay, so you hit a hundred million <laughs> now we're hitting 200 million or whatever. Exactly.
0: You know? So hopefully he doesn't get forced into like, or being pigeonholed into that whole, like, yeah, country rap thing that he's doing yeah if that happens and i don't see his career being that, that yeah long
1: it's so al- it's always interesting watching artists develop and then seeing how much influence the industry is having on them oh yeah and like where they're going and you know sometimes people bounce back from it and then sometimes people never do It it just sometimes it's not
0: for the best
1: and sometimes mm-hmm. it is so it's it's a weird game we play.
0: It depends. I think it depends on the person. I think. I mean, especially at that point in someone's career, I don't even know it's necessarily. I mean, of course, the music is the medium in which their career is happening. But I think at that, that kind of career isn't necessarily just the music at that point. You mm-hmm. know, you're kind of this this image and this product that's being pushed. Yeah. Like so, it's not just the, the art you're, you're concerned with your, like the personal optics and the, your branding, yeah. your sponsorships, which I mean, I'm not knocking at, you know, make your money, do your thing. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I think it takes a certain type of person to do that job. You know, I'm mm-hmm. like Kanye West, who's really good at doing stuff like that. Yeah. 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 You no. Know, so, you know, Lil Nas X is that kind of person. And yeah, Mm-hmm. Might be in it for the long run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kanye always really surprises
1: me. He like, I've never been a full-on Kanye hater Mm -hmm. because I really liked uh, Dropout, and there was a couple of songs on his first release I really liked. But I always just kind of more or less ignored whatever was going on surrounding Kanye, and Mm -hmm. just like music would come out, and I would be like, "This is fucking awesome. This is awesome music." But he was in this uh, commercial that really surprised me. I think it was for Sprite, and Kobe Bryant was in it. Oh, right. Was it? I think it was for it was for Sprite or Nike or I can't remember. But like Kobe Bryant was given this like seminar talk, mm-hmm. and Co- and Kanye was asking him questions, and Kanye was like, "Are you still the beast inside the man?" And Kanye was like, "The fuck does that mean, Kobe <laughs> Bryant?" Or <laughs> some shit. It was so funny. Oh man, Wait. Kanye always really surprises me. Um, getting back to you, hey, instead of Kanye for Kanye's instead had of, his moment. It's Darian's, it's, talk, it's, or, it's Darian's time to shine. What's your favorite part about this? What's your favorite part about music? And, you know, is it performing? Is it just being able to do your own thing?
0: Uh, I mean, yeah, it's a mixture of things. I mean, uh, the coolest thing, I mean, out of it is just being able to, been able to be, spend a lot more time with my girlfriend, Molly, who I also perform with. It's mm-hmm. like, we get to perform together, make music together. And like, now, especially now that we're doing this full time, you know, we get to wake up in the morning, make music together and play and stuff. So, uh, probably my favorite part about that that's sweet um yeah it, um that pulls at the heartstrings <laughs> friends <laughs> no it's beautiful it's beautiful well, and then uh i mean of course to to can kind of really bring it home with the sappiness you know the friendships i've made through music has also been great you know philip wise meeting you max and uh just everyone else out there has been a, uh, it's been really cool you know like Especially like going downtown on a Tuesday night in the open mic night scene and just running into everybody and mm-hmm. just hanging out, talking, having a good time, listening to each other.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, just doing something I, that I love and I enjoy. Like yeah. I get to go and uh, do something and I don't like hate my job. Yeah. I don't hate what I'm doing. Like, yeah, yeah, I look yeah. forward to waking up every day and practicing. So. It's a beautiful yeah. spot to be in.
1: So you're doing this completely full, like music <laughs> is the. The bank now, yeah, so it's you're, paying all the bills. So you're performing, mm-hmm. you're you're giving lessons as well, right? Yeah, man. And anything else? DJing. Just, DJing. Okay. Yeah. 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 DJing so it's all <laughs> music yeah, or man. music adjacent. That's awesome. Yeah, that's excellent. How many how many students do you have right now?
0: Right now it's like a it's like ten or twelve. Like the thing with teaching, you have some students that are kind of like in and out a little bit. Sure. You know, like you have your consistent core group that's there every week, and then you kind of have a few that are just like. Um, we might have a lesson this week, we might not, so like, I have like 10 solid students right now, and the 2 that they're just kind of floating. Sure.
1: Do you, so. do you run them as individual sessions, or do you do a group practice?
0: Uh, I got one that I have like a, like a brother and sister that I try and teach at the same time. Okay. Like, at first it started out alright, but now I've definitely like separated that into like, alright, so like, we have like our beginning like a little theory talk and some scales and exercise and warm ups. And then I split them up and I'm like, all right, you go work on this piece. We're going to work on this piece. And then when we're done with this, I'm going to come to you and we'll work on that. Cause you have to, you still have to individualize it. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: There's, do you notice a rate of progression even at that early? Cause I'm imagining you're teaching young people. Oh yeah. Yeah. So there's like some people get things quicker than others. And I think that makes sense in terms of the, the individualized practice. That's something I would have definitely liked a little bit more when I was making the transition from piano to guitar. Because mm-hmm. one of the things that was really upsetting was I had a good foundation in music from piano. And then I wanted that to just kind of transfer to guitar. But the only lessons that were really available to me were like group lessons. Mm. And it was like this weird sort of slinky effect of like, I would want to move really far, but you know, the teacher's like, well, I still have to mm-hmm. you know teach these people and... So it was weird, and then, yeah, yeah, that's kind of all I had to say about that, but I I like what you're doing. That sounds, sounds like
0: you're really helping. It can, you know, sometimes, to be honest, sometimes it feels like babysitting a little bit, like some of the <laughs> students, like, you know, especially if they don't practice, you know, Then I'm mm-hmm. just kind of like sitting there with you watching you practice, but I mean, mm-hmm. part of the job sometimes, you know.
1: It was, I think you have a good
0: temperament for it. You're a very nice person. <laughs> My piano
1: <laughs> yeah. teacher was quite strict
0: <laughs> it definitely will take some patience sometimes especially like yeah. the younger students when you start getting like five six years old you know you got to realize you're dealing with a five or six year old you know so you kind of have to figure out ways to break it up and still keep it entertaining for them but mm. like not overbearing and be like sure run your scales yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah so there's a there's a line yeah exactly yeah you gotta
0: sure. you gotta play around with it a little bit and just try and try and make it fun for them especially the younger students who usually have like my uh my, opening routine is well, like put on a song like some James Brown or something like that. Oh, and cool. just kinda like we'll count out the song and clap on the one and dance around and stuff That's like awesome. that. That's awesome. That's really cool. It, it can be like it's definitely it's it's enjoyable, especially when the kids are having fun.
1: So Yeah. I want to go back in time and take lessons from you <laughs> Cause I just I'll, like my first couple <laughs> of guitar teachers were all just like burnout stoners mm-hmm. that were just trying to teach me the riff from K- Crazy train. There you but go. I was like, I had like I had this foundation in like classical piano, so I was mm-hmm. like, no, 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 I want to like metronome scales. Like, teach me this instrument. Like, I don't fucking want to play the opening riff to Crazy Train. I don't <laughs> give a shit about that. But there was one guy. Uh, just to go into a personal story for a bit. But do you remember? Oh, fuck, what was it? It was the, where the liquor store is on Victory right now. There was a music shop for a while. I think it was Roadies. And now roadies is something else, but I think it started out as roadies and my teacher there would just sit in the lesson room with me and he would just jam on like trivium songs and he'd just be like, you just jump in whatever you want. And I'd be like, okay. And like,
0: yeah, it was,
1: it was, yeah, I think it was like four or five lessons. Then it was like, okay, this is nonsense.
0: But, um, shred for 30 minutes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then I, I was in my sophomore year of high school. And I ended up finally finding a teacher that I really liked, who was teaching me the way that I wanted to be taught. And then I ended up having to move away, but it happens. Yeah. I mean,
0: finding a teacher is very kind of a—it's a personal thing, especially when you're talking about individual teachers going to be there. They got to—they yeah. got to be able to uh, find your learning style and mm-hmm. ways to keep you interested and in things for you to focus on. It's got to be quite the lessons and pa- lesson in patience. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Most definitely. But I think that's music in general. Mm-hmm. It's a lesson in patience.
1: Yeah, for sure. How's the how's the DJing going? Where are some spots you're heading up?
0: <laughs> It's good. I mean, I mainly just do the Prohibition thing. Like, I'm not trying to DJ too hard, you know? Like, my main focus is trying to gig. I'd much rather play guitar than DJ. But, uh, like, if they, if, like Prohibition's been cool because they allow me to just pretty much DJ whatever I want, you know? So, like, okay. I'm, I'm dropping, like, lo-fi hip-hop and trip-hop to, like... 90s dance and uh you know trap music and stuff i'm chopping and screwing things Mm -hmm. running at like 60 bpm Mm -hmm. so like if i can find gigs like that then like i'm down to dj it. but uh i'm not trying to be like a a normal dj i did like one dj gig for a halloween last Mm -hmm. year and it was like supposed to be almost like a top 40s thing and it was the worst experience (laughs) not fun yeah yeah man so it's just more of like a space filler if there's time you (laughs) that's yeah, something to fill it If i'm off or uh yeah pretty much if i'm off and i'm not working you know same thing with like running sound like i'm not trying to be a sound guy sure sure if i'm off and someone needs someone to run sound i can make some extra cash i'm down for it.
1: i got you i got you how's so how regularly is whiskey and wine playing
0: uh we're about like three to four nights a week some weeks are slower uh you know sometimes two but i mean we have our we have our weekly spot at prohibition every sunday night so um uh, <laughs> that definitely helps out money-wise, but mm-hmm. uh, it's also a good, good place for us to hash out new jazz tunes and stuff. Um, and then we just play pretty much anywhere else, wherever there's music throughout the week. Yeah, so.
1: that's excellent. And do y'all, do, in Whiskey and Wine, do y'all write y'all's own originals?
0: Yeah, we do. We uh, we recorded a song last night at Gordon's house. We had like a 1 a.m. recording session over there. Oh, okay. Because uh, I, uh, I have a few songs I wrote on the piano, and I've been trying to get them recorded, but I can't get a good piano sound. So I was just like, mm. well... Gordon's got mics and an actual piano. Maybe that might be the trick. And it was. <laughs> Unlock the secret. <laughs> exactly. Use a use a real instrument. Mm-hmm. Put some mics on it. And uh, yeah, I think it worked out. I mean, it was just supposed to be a scratch track because it's just kind of more of like a singer-songwriter thing on the piano. So kind of looking to maybe start writing a bass line for it, putting some drums in there and uh, maybe some synths, you know.
1: So was that more of just a scratch tracking? Just kind of seeing if you could do it sort of thing?
0: Well, like... The songs like pretty much hashed out. Um, but yeah, definitely. It was more kind of like just to get the idea down so I can start playing around with other instruments on top of it. And then go back and actually do it to a metronome. And, mm, uh, get yeah. everything really tight. Mm-hmm. Take the vocals out to uh, my buddy David Cook out in Springfield. Yeah. He's, yeah, got yeah. A, he's got a great just great vocal mics. Mm-hmm. So,
1: And that's the plan with it. Just, hey, keep, just keep hashing it out in the studio. That's okay. awesome. Are you going to just kind of do everything on the track, you think, for the most part?
0: Oh, uh, possibly. I mean, I'm always down for other musicians to come in. It's just whoever has time and uh, wants to come sit down and uh, work something out. Cool.
1: That's awesome. Well, where's where's everything else leading in terms of like what's go um like? Do you have any releases coming out for whiskey and wine in the near
0: future? Oh <coughs> uh, possibly. I mean, like we got a whole catalog of um. We got like a bunch of stuff kind of already recorded and done a mix that we did with Max like a year or two ago, we just haven't really uh put it out there or anything. I don't know, we just kind of like writing and recording on our own time just cuz uh it's what we like to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We might release it. I don't know.
1: And you do some you do a bit of tracking out of your house, don't you?
0: Yeah, man, especially we got a, we got a new computer, so uh, we've been able to get back in there and start recording and stuff. What's your setup like? Uh so I just got to so I run through Ableton. And then I got a Zoom R sixteen as my main interface, but then uh okay. Philip gave me or not gave me, but let me borrow his a uh, Steinberg C one something. I've been mm-hmm. trying that one out. And uh that's pretty much it. I got some SM fifty eight. Um I just go right in there. Yeah, sometimes and that's it's, all you need, man. <laughs> it's really something, I mean it's not the best setup, but it it delivers an alright alright quality, you know, and I'm still still learning more about recording and mm-hmm. all that stuff, so
1: yeah. Well, if you ever need any, any advice you got, you got me, you got Max, anytime you got questions or any of
0: that. So I've had a with recording, a great support system to ask questions. Yeah,
1: for sure. Well, in terms of, I I had a thought and then I went away. I hate that. (laughs) It happens every time I hit the red button here. I have something. I don't know. I'll come back to it for sure. That's awesome. I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're. Doing things on your own terms. I like oh, yeah. I like seeing that in people because I think that's the most exciting part is mm-hmm. when people are invested. You know, oh, yeah. there's nothing worse than like just watching somebody like having to do something or like you know they're they're not enjoying themselves. They're phoning it in or whatever. So I'm glad you've found your own sort of working method for keeping things going. And oh yeah. Stuff. So that's awesome.
0: That's a, I think that's a that's a key part of doing a lot of things, man. You know, just invest in yourself. Mm-hmm. Make it, make it fun and enjoyable, and uh, especially, I mean, financially, you know, it's best to do things on your own terms. Like the best way that you can do it, do as much in house as possible. Because mm-hmm. so when you guys start paying other people to do stuff, I think gets expensive. Yeah, sure,
1: for sure. So, oh, I remembered. Um, are there any dates upcoming for Pickle Palace or? I know y'all just got done with a
0: huge (laughs) festival. Yeah, no, I mean, we're still sticking to once a month. I know we got uh, something on the 15th coming up. I'm still kind of waiting to hear back from the people because we confirmed it like three or four months ago. And I reached out to them trying to get you know, the bill and everything. But I haven't heard back from them. So Mm. if that falls through, I'm sure we'll set something up. You know, I know we owe Mr. Wade a show. You so you us Mr. No, You
1: you've been you guys have been nothing but the best to us, so you owe us nothing. Oh yeah,
0: but we want to we want to get Mister Wait back in there, and of course Donk. I want to hear Donk, so yeah. we got to get you guys yeah. going. So hopefully, if that falls through, maybe next month we'll get we'll get you guys in there, and then uh, Jonathan Brown's coming through town uh, in May. That's what? a big one. I'm looking forward to. How do I know that name? He's he's been to Savannah plenty of times. Okay, so he's kind of like um, he was like a high school teacher at one point that uh, just got into rap and quit quit teaching to start rapping.
1: It sounds so familiar. I'm like it's like almost where I'm picturing it. I don't know why I can't. It yeah. sounds really familiar. Is, is is he's coming through the Pickle Palace? Yeah, I mean, he's doing That's a awesome.
0: show at the Bean that night and they're doing like an after-party show at the Palace.
1: That's the way to do it. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Cindy and Bean is doing some interesting stuff right now cuz they've got the whole RFS mm-hmm. thing where they do like the satellite shows, but then they also they're still booking like the more acoustic stuff, they do the the songwriters like the oh, Bean yeah. is a really interesting place for music right now. And they've
0: been doing like some metal shows there. Yeah, well, the, 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 the arc, or- yeah, F- yeah, 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 yeah. Like they, so. yeah, they just
1: close that thing, they black it out, and then it's just fucking loud. I still want to. I want to go to one, but I've seen the I've seen the video footage from people's phones, and it's just, it's clipping that automatic limiter for sure. Oh <laughs> it's yeah. Like, it's really. It looks like a lot of fun. So what's uh. You said the single coming out for Perpetual Care, or sorry, the single has come out for Perpetual Care. Is there anything else on the horizon in the near future for, for um, Care?
0: Well, we're kind of, uh, so we released that single, and then now uh, now that we're doing a lot of recording at the Pickle Palace, um, now we're kind of like, we're tracking out tracks, and then we're going back and just kind of looking at arrangements and just kind of messing around with songs some more. So, I mean, it's kind of been the big fo- focus of Perpetual Care right now. It's like just kind of getting in the studio, recording, seeing what we can get done, and then... uh. Yeah, especially arrangement now now that we're looking back and it's like, all right, well, how can we, maybe if we drop the guitar out here, maybe like if there's no bass here, you know, and start playing around a little bit, digging deeper into the songs. Mm -hmm.
1: It's really interesting watching all of you because everybody in that band is an active musician outside of that band as well. Because I've seen Norton like pushing Mm. really hard and playing, you know, pretty much every open mic night and had a show at the Wormhole recently. And then is Nathaniel Douglas still drumming for y'all?
0: He is. I mean, you know, he's also a busy guy. He yeah, lives he, in South he, Carolina, yeah. so. Yeah. But I know,
1: I see him. He's doing his sort of, like, his cover shows, and he's playing in bands, and like, it's really mm-hmm. interesting to watch all of y'all. Like, you have this one music project, and then you all have, like, one or at least, at least one, one or two other music projects. It's really interesting to
0: watch. Oh, yeah, man. That's a... know, especially me. I I feel like I got ADHD sometime when it comes to music. Like, mm-hmm. I just gotta... I mean, that's especially like with whiskey and wine and stuff like we gotta bounce around genres so much because that's what's entertaining me
1: do you feel yeah. like you have to play different
0: tailored sets at different spots in town uh i mean with whiskey and wine yeah i mean kind of you know like i mean like we're even though we have done it, we're not going to go into barrel house on a Friday night and drop autumn leaves, you know, that's just yeah, kind of like yeah, a really yeah. slow, sad, fucking hundred mm-hmm. year old jazz song, mm-hmm. even though it's my favorite tune to play. But, uh, I was just about to <laughs> ask you, so, but, uh, a lot of stuff, especially, uh, with what we're going into with a lot of kind of like the upbeat swing stuff. Like, I mean, that seems to kind of like translate well to a lot of places. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to tailor it too much, but I mean, we do kind of like recognize where we're at. Like we have another, uh, Monthly spot at World of Beer every uh, second second Saturday of the month out in Pooler, mm. and uh, of course there we kind of lean more towards like some '90s kind of classic rock, but I mean we still uh, we played Autumn Leaves there, you know. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. just mix it up. It's a sure. it's a mixture. Of feed them what they want and then do what you want.
1: You know, I've been bouncing up into South Carolina a little bit as well.
0: Yeah, man, we'll be there uh, tomorrow night. Oh, very tomorrow cool. Tomorrow night we'll be at Brody's. Very cool. So and Beaufort is that Beaufort? Yeah, man, okay. Beaufort, Paris Island. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome. So, I'm glad to see that that's going really well for y'all. You're, that do you, works. W- you were talking about how you like feel like you have ADHD with it sometimes. Do you feel like it's it helps that you have like a lot of potential areas for you to invest your time? Like you could either go this direction or like maybe you're feeling the DJ thing one day, so you could kind of slip into that. Or
0: oh yeah, I can switch up my practice routine every day and do something different. You know. Yeah. It, also helps keep me looking forward to things like Monday night, perpetual care rehearsal, you know, so I get to look forward to that every day and something to switch it up and really kind of, uh, not just like practice bass, but like get a chance to write for bass because it's, kind of, mm. it's a big thing, especially recently. I haven't been a uh, too big on like writing a lot of songs myself. I've got more into like, you know, I want to write a bass part or like, I want to do kind of more like lead auxiliary stuff on the guitar, you know, or like just something in the background on the piano, just like Fill out fill out those spaces for a songwriter versus just being the one writing the chord progression and the lyrics. Mm.
1: It's a so. different sort of mindset. It really
0: is, yeah. and I've uh, I haven't explored that as much as a musician. I've always been the person trying to you know play the chords and write the lyrics and the songs. So this past like year year and a half, it's been a, more of my focus is uh, getting away from like songwriting and just more adding to songs so
1: it, it's i'm getting the the impression that you're kind of one of those guys that functions really well with like a lot of balls in the air and like a lot of different directions you could go in but like having a lot of a lot open to you That's
0: sometimes a, i mean sometimes i like you know bite off more than i chew, can chew and <laughs> sure. just go into this you know existential crisis it's just like why do i do this to myself mm-hmm. then i slap myself in the face pull together get it done and uh
1: yeah what is it like to, like, because com- it seems like you've completely submerged yourself into this sort of <clears throat> musical world. I mean, like, almost, I'm th- pretty sure everybody lives with a musician. Oh, yeah. Every day is about music, like. All day, every day. Yeah, like.
0: It's I, feel, I feel like I'm. I'm getting kind of boring. No, come on. Well, yeah. Like I, <laughs> like I find myself in like certain like conversations with other people, you know, and like it's like, oh, that's really all that I do is play music and talk about music. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like maybe it's kind of making me a little boring. I mean, I'm loving it personally, and I don't care, but uh, yeah, I kind of like view it from objectively, and I'm
1: like, man, maybe I'm a little
0: boring to talk
1: to. That's that's actually something I've. It's funny you say because it it's something I've had to come to terms with pretty recently. Um, the one good saving grace is like being in school and being able to talk to people about school. Mm-hmm. But like when it comes to what I do in the in-between, I just, you know, I'm really excited about stuff. Cause I'm like, Oh, I learned this one thing I've been practicing for a while or I've, you know, oh, yeah. uh, finally got that course together or whatever. But then I realize to talk to a normal person, it means absolutely nothing. Exactly. And it's, I think, I think about the only so, like, in terms of, like, from a musician to a non-musician, the only interesting thing is, like, maybe a show you were both at or a band you both like. But in terms of, like, your own personal success, there's almost nothing that's inter- going to be interesting to that person. Exactly. Well, that's part of kind of what this is for is, like, if you have, like, recent accomplishments that you really, oh, yeah. you know, you kind of want to put out there. Like, this is a good platform to do it on. It's It's a little hard to... Just go up to people in the street like, hey, I finally learned that scale. I've been trying.
0: Oh, look, check out my diminished chords.
1: (laughs) I finally got it. I finally figured out how they function. Exactly. (laughs) I'm still trying to crack that code. Don't have diminished chords. I know how to play them. I don't know why to play them. (laughs) I feel it. I think I I bookmarked a video. Do you... Um, That's actually going to be my next question. I'll bookmark that in my brain. But there's this guy like to follow on YouTube called Fret Jam. Mm -hmm. um, And he's been excellent to as like sort of a proxy teacher because he teaches guitar and like kind of that way I was talking about like learning it from learning the instrument perspective so it's like music theory baked in with like also why this is functional and why it works so he's been and like he had I bookmarked one of his videos that it was like why Diminished chords, where or like where to use diminished chords or something like that, and right. that just kind of spawned that. Is there anybody that you like to utilize in that same sort of way where you're like watching instructional? Somebody you go to a lot?
0: Uh, well, again, because uh, you know, my life is just wrapped in music and it makes me kind of boring. I also just like for my my spare time, I watch music educational videos all the time, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, Adam Neely, I mean, he's really. He's a good person to listen to a lot um he's also kind of like entertaining on the music spectrum um there's different guys I can't even remember the name Jen Jens Larson is a he's a jazz guitar instructor um who's another guy I'm trying to think of I can't remember his name at all but he does a he does some good videos but again I also have a, a great like community of friends and I also I really rely on them heavily like people like Gordon and Aaron Gardner and stuff like that mm. and even Max. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. we can just, like, talk shop with them and, like, we can work it out in real time and, like, actually sit at an instrument and talk about things.
1: So. For sure, yeah, because the, the video, there is, like, sort of an inherent scope as to what it can, conco- like, you can't mm-hmm. interact with the video and and that sort of medium. But being able to play with people and sort of getting that, like, hands-on approach seems to be really beneficial. Oh, yeah. That's That was one of the best things about signing up with Max and Jacob is, like, I didn't have that playing with people mm-hmm. and then you just by doing it become accustomed to it and that's that's a huge that's been a huge transition for me oh, is yeah. learning how to accept the other information other people are putting out there and stuff so i imagine that with like so many projects that's gonna be just a wealth of information to kind of always go to oh
0: yeah all the time there's always i, mean, I learned something from uh, everybody like especially a uh, whiskey and wine i always thought i was gonna in- inevitably be the bass player but now that we've got brandon on there who's just killer on the bass I was just like alright he's got the job mm-hmm. you know and just like listening to him and uh I mean just listening to him is almost educational you just listen to the way he plays sometimes especially the solos he takes it's just like what is he doing yeah 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 well that's awesome that's
1: my that's favorite moment for me as a musician is being blown away by other musicians oh yeah yeah for sure what um what's a typical I guess because I like so you did so you're learning a lot of covers. You're having to dissect a lot of, a lot of basic because, like, what what I think of it is like is you're dissecting somebody's process because mm-hmm. you're sort of back engineering, like what they've done, and then you're sort of putting your own personal spin on it and like how you take what they've laid out. Is there somebody that sticks out in your mind as like
0: somebody you continually go back to to learn their songs? Um, that probably uh, squirrel nut zippers and the Beatles. I mean, uh, those two artists, I constantly, like I'm looking at their music and just listening to them. I think, uh, they're great songwriters and I mean, amazing song arrangers. Um, of course, Django Reinhardt, Mm -hmm. but, uh, I probably say, actually, honestly, the Beatles, the Beatles, just lots of Beatles songs, man. Yeah. I love the Beatles.
1: Yeah. What's, what are some of the songs (coughs) that stick out in your mind that have been some of your favorites to learn and dissect? Uh,
0: Michelle, of course. Okay. That's a great one. Mm -hmm. Um, she's so heavy that's i mean just that song in itself just uh just that like intro lick to it it's just like i want you Ooh, she's so good mm-hmm. um or some other songs i mean all of abby roads in general i can just put that album on and listen to it front to back over and over and over again mm-hmm. so that, just that whole album your living room definitely shows in a like oh, uh, yeah. an affinity for the beatles <laughs> Well, that's not even my poster. Those are yeah. Adrian's posters. And it's mm-hmm. definitely intimidating practicing in that room because then you just have the Beatles <laughs> from all directions just staring down at yep. you, and you're like, "I'm never gonna be that good." <laughs> even Ringo's judging. Oh, he's the judgiest <laughs> man.
1: <laughs> that's such an excellent point in history. Like, they, I think of them as like one of the most interesting band arcs because they like a lot of things happen pretty typical for them in the beginning. And then they almost just completely broke the mold in terms of what was expected of them. Cause they have like this early start, you know, they're on, you know, they blow up after being on the, why can't I remember the name of the show? Uh, I can't remember Andy Griffith. No, no Andy, um, Graham. Ed Sullivan show. There you go. it. thank God. So, th- and they, they're this like sort of pop act for a while. They tour adamantly Mm -hmm. And then I was reading about their experience in the Philippines and they just had an awful time. And they all sort of came to this conclusion where they were like, we're not growing as musicians. This is hampering what we set out to do with this. And then they just take a break from it and they just come out with these amazing albums. And they're releasing some of them back to back in the same year. Like that was, you know, Sgt. Pepper's and Magical Mystery Tour. There's sort of an enigma in terms of like, what they were thinking and yes. why they broke up and
0: everything right in the universe came together yeah and yeah that's something uh guess something that's gonna be uh, very untypical in life is to just have that group of people just come together all with the same mindset all wanting to write music all wanting to grow as musicians and explore their art form yeah i don't think you get that a lot man
1: that's something i pick up that you're really interested in is growing as a musician constantly
0: Oh, yeah, man. Figuring out different ways. I mean, I feel like the overall goal is really just whatever's in your head, figuring out a way to express it. Mm. You know, no matter what sound it is. Mm-hmm.
1: I <laughs> One thing that always stuck out in my mind about the Beatles is, and I just forgot it. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the only time I ever was disappointed by a Beatles song was in Revolution. Because mm-hmm. it starts out with such a killer guitar. Th- I think it was one of the first like overdriven guitar licks I'd ever heard. And then it goes into this sort of like backbeat kind of that you say, you want to rip? That was the only time I was ever
0: disappointed, but I feel it. Um, deep dive into the Beatles. Can can say, uh, I don't know, songs like, uh, what was that? I am the Eggman. man. Yeah. I am the walrus. Walras- yeah. I'm the walrus. Like, I'm like, it's, uh, it's all right. You know, that was the
1: one Beatles song that Mr. White took a stab at learning. I think we played yeah. it once. I think it was only once. I think it was, might have been at like a Barrel House South local music Tuesday or something.
0: Like it's definitely that's not a bad song. I don't, I don't think it's any song by the Beatles. I think it's bad. Yeah, but it's definitely not a. It's like it's okay in my mind. What's your favorite Beatles? Song? Uh, I mean, probably the Michelle or probably. she's so heavy. Okay, like those two songs in particular are just uh great.
1: It's interesting. Those very two different points in times in terms of that band. Because oh yeah, I think you know a lot more about Michelle than I do, but. McCartney wrote it as like sort of his take on what French guitar players were doing.
0: Well, they had, uh, they had like learned from what I understand the history of the song. I don't even remember where I read this, but, uh, like he had learned some kind of like jazz chord or whatever and ended up trying to like work it into a song. But from what I understand, he actually like wrote the song to like, he pretended to be French at parties to like pick up girls and like (laughs) would play the song and sing it. Got it. So it became like a, just kind of like a little joke song for parties. But, uh, they were like writing some album. Um, it was Rubber Soul, mm. something like that. I think they were writing that and they were like, oh, we still need a couple more songs. And uh, they are just like, Paul, that French song, let's get that one recorded. Mm-hmm. That was so, a good John Lennon. Yeah, man. <laughs> You've been studying.
1: That's excellent, man. I'm glad we got to do a deep dive on one of the most famous and probably well-recorded bands. Oh, and we yeah, did man. our own take on it. <laughs> oh, man.
0: I'm just over here sipping away Between the coffee and the wine mm-hmm. No I'm I, This
1: has been an excellent conversation I've just enjoyed talking to you Like we're just talking Because sometimes yeah. like With this I definitely People have um Stuff that's kind of on the agenda To get out there Like with Gordon's thing You know he's mm-hmm. got a recent band Like they're starting to pick up Playing a lot of shows and stuff So I wanted him to talk oh, yeah. a lot about this But this is more just like us just talking Which is great I love that I haven't gotten a chance to just like talk to a lot of people so it's been fun mm-hmm. there's this whole removed element of
0: people will be listening at some point I just try to keep that out of my mind yeah man still i'm, I'm excited to hear gordon with a uh, pat i haven't heard him with the drums yet Dude, i've heard oh. their recordings yeah and those will sound really cool man
1: one of my favorite things is watching them play off of each other but mm-hmm. like pat's
0: control
1: mm-hmm of the space is phenomenal because he like, he really lets Gordon sort of be the like, no, no, the spotlight's on him. I'm just making this sound really cool. It was really, it was really interesting to watch, especially in like a tight living room, oh, yeah, sort yeah. of like the pickle palace arrangement, you know, not a lot of space to work mm-hmm. with, but just watching his control over the skins and the symbols and letting Gordon be the center of attention and really shine. It was, it was fun to watch and it was fun to watch them have fun. I like watching Gordon when he's having a really good time because it's oh, all, yeah. it's like, it's like a different Gordon almost. Like he's really coming out and stuff. So,
0: See, well, that's that's definitely cool. I mean, that's a great uh, quality to have in a drummer is uh, control over your volume. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for I play sure. the same part. I remember like uh, one of the first times I attended this church service for the church I'm playing for. I mean, they uh, they're getting up there and like they're kind of like adding this background stuff to the pastor talking and the drummer just doing this ridiculous snare rolls I mean just these ridiculous rhythms and I'm just like blown away by it but it's just so quiet mm. and just so in the background and it's just so controlled and well placed mm-hmm. and uh, so it's, uh, it's a mind-blowing experience to hear drummers like that mm.
1: yeah there's levels to it I think one of the most exciting things for me is like hearing people being like able to like articulate that grid and that feel mm-hmm. at any volume being able to like place their emphasis anywhere in the meter and then being able to, uh, and I just forgot it. <laughs> yeah. Those are the, those okay. are two of the three exciting points of watching musicians play. Now, for, uh, forgive me for forgetting you're playing guitar in the church or you're playing piano
0: in the church guitar. Okay. Yeah. I, that's
1: a diff, that's a different experience.
0: It definitely is. I mean, we've done like, a. uh, it's been interesting too. Cause we'll do, uh, like anniversaries for other local churches and stuff. And they're like doing their like, 184th anniversary in this building that's almost 200 years old and mm. the air conditioning is just absolute shit yeah 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 so we're in there just playing like this super fast hype music you know just like crazy shout music and like 280 i mean everything's just whipping and we're going at it for like an hour straight mm-hmm. and it's just we're sweating and i'm just like trying to hang on the <laughs> entire time just like At a certain point, you even, like, stop trying to phrase, and you're just, like, running scales Mm. up and down the neck as fast (laughs) as you can. It's more about noise at this point. (laughs) Noise. I mean, controlled noise, but, yeah, it's just, like, keeping that energy level there. And so, uh, it's definitely been, it's been a, pushed me in a different direction with guitar playing than I thought I'd ever go, so.
1: It seems like you're moving on multiple fronts all at the same time. There's all these different styles and influences and directions you're moving. It's... It's kind of exciting to hear about.
0: It is. It is. Sometimes like I think to myself, maybe I should just like pick something and focus on it, you know, and get better at it. But then again, it comes back to that ADHD of just like, I feel like I got to hop around a lot of times to keep myself interested. And like just a little bit at a time, you know, cause I'm always thinking it's not like, I don't really care about being good at this six months from now, but like a year from now, two years from now. So
1: do you keep goals in your head? Like, I want to be able to do this by then or anything like that?
0: I mean, kind of. Um, not, necess- not necessarily for, like, a lot of practice routines and stuff. I don't have goals. I set goals for a lot of other things, like booking and, uh, you know, like certain uh, certain songs and practice schedules for the band and stuff like that. Like, I guess more of, like, the, uh, the business side yeah. of music. I yeah. put a lot of goals and deadlines to, but my actual, like just practicing or any creative things i don't really uh set a lot of goals and deadlines too okay and i'll definitely uh like i limit myself a lot with like songwriting i'll be like you know like i set certain parameters for myself and like all right i gotta get this done in like an hour or two after an hour or two you know like this is the song i'm not gonna sit here and continue nitpicking it you don't want to burn so, out exactly i so can like, see that and then I might kind of set a goal in a sense. Yeah, it's know, a regiment. I, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure.
1: No, I think that's important. I um I've been working on this this new thing and it, it doesn't it doesn't sound like Debaser by the Pixies, but I'm kind of that's like sort of a this is what was the inspiration behind like me playing it at the same time and I just mm-hmm. could not fucking sleep the other night cuz I couldn't get the thing I was playing or Debaser out of my head and I just kept moving around and I'd like catch a bit of sleep and immediately wake up cuz the is way too loud in my head <laughs> and it brought on this realization that when we move out of this house wherever we move to i need a place to be able to just go and play at all hours cuz like that. i can't really like necessarily come in here and start i could plug the headphones into the amp and stuff but i can't sing at the same time which is a lot of the the mm-hmm. sort of like self-informing process but that's definitely a for sure need in my near future is some sort of studio setup so that I don't bother my girlfriend
0: it's nice to have uh just uh, like a practice space I know I love tall ceilings yeah 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 like I like high ceilings something about that just makes the space feel better to practice and write in Mm -hmm. but uh that's why I've held on to the pickle palace as an old shit house man but yeah it's been a it's been a great space to kind of like cultivate things.
1: It's always very comfortable coming over there. I just feel like I'm stepping into my other house.
0: Oh, yeah, man. I just see you,
1: I see Molly, whoever else is around and I'm like, Yeah, I'm like, you know, I can be in here and be comfortable or go out on the porch and be comfortable and
0: There just, you go, you're welcome anytime,
1: man. Yeah. thank you man. I did like appreciate that. That's one of my, I think that's probably why that's one of my favorite places to play is that level of comfort mm-hmm. really shows in performance. I think that's I think that's probably universal, right? The more nervous you are, probably the less oh, yeah. the less good you do.
0: Oh yeah, it's always about being comfortable. Even uh, so I was like, I got into this last weekend. Uh, we did this party, and uh, everyone was just like, "Oh, you don't need to bring all this gear out there." And I was like, "But I want to have fun, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it's not fun if things don't sound good because then I don't feel comfortable playing, you know? Mm-hmm. So then it just becomes an uncomfortable experience, and it's just not good, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not like I was bringing that much gear either, but.
1: Yeah. Chords and an amp and guitar or oh, two. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So what's like one, we we're kind of talking about goal setting and stuff like that, but what's something that you've accomplished recently that really sticks out in your mind that you're like proud of?
0: Uh, my ability to actually take a solo. Okay. Yeah. You know, that was uh something I, Let's I get avoided. Into it. <laughs> Fuck yeah. yeah. Something I avoided for the longest time. I was always like, you know, I'm just going to be that rhythm guy and, uh, you know, I think I've gotten really good at, you know, holding down the rhythm and being the, the accompaniment for, for people and stuff like that. But then, uh, you know, now that we've added to the band and like, now we're able to take solo sections. I was like, well, it's time for me to step up to the plate, and try and take a solo. And, uh, <clears throat> I wasn't that good at it. Uh, it's just, you know, kind of just like running pentatonic scales and they're just kind of bland and boring sounding. So, uh, now I feel like, uh, I've gotten better at like phrasing, which has been mm. the big thing. I was big like, bar, yeah. my biggest focus of of everything was like trying to figure out how to phrase and make it not just sound like I'm randomly doodling, you know, to come up with like a melodic statement. So I'm not the best at it, you know, but I've, uh, I've recently been able to get it done and accomplish those. So that's been a big thing for me.
1: And it's a growing process. So are you t- yeah. you're taking cuts mainly on
0: guitar. You're doing that more on bass and perpetual care as well or. um. Uh, I mean yeah, especially with a uh, perpetual care. I mean, I me and Molly pretty much take all the solos on that one, so mm-hmm. it's a lot of bass solos and perpetual care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I love about it.
1: Yeah. I um, it's interesting that you brought up phrasing because that's something that I re- I recently within the past like year or year and a half, like I stumbled upon mm-hmm. and the thing that got me thinking about phrasing was I was like completely incorrect about a lot of things, but specifically like speed Mm-hmm. because I was this I was a rhythm player for a long time and even the first couple years of the band like that's all I really focused on because that was my foundation was being like setting the rhythm and then it's evident as the band progresses that I need to like start taking solos and stuff. So my first thought is, well, I gotta be fast. I gotta just be fast and flashy and like because oh, yeah. that's what a lot of the guitar players that I really like were doing, but um, I didn't take it. From the approach that, like, maybe the notes that I select are really important, and maybe, like, how I put those together are really important to making something sound good. And then I was watching Nico from the Mercer's play, and the thing that always stands out to me about his playing when he's taking cuts is like he is so focused on the notes he's selecting and in what order. And that's what got me thinking about phrasing. And I was like, okay, so it's really not about skill like and so i started i broke it down and i started paying attention i was like so when i sing Mm -hmm. i want to make it sound good or at the like 90 percent of the time sound good or at the very least interesting and that's what phrasing allows you to do is you get something that sounds good it's got an element of maybe predictability to it and then that's how you expand your idea Oh yeah, it's by setting that up. So it's interesting that you brought up phrasing because that's just something that I stumbled upon recently as well.
0: Well, it's huge. I mean, we uh, I played this one church service and uh, I mean we uh we went into this one section. And they ended up giving me like a six minute long solo. It just went forever. I mean, it might not have been six minutes. It felt like forever. But uh, <laughs> it all started with uh just three notes, mm-hmm. three notes in the right rhythm. You know, and next thing I know, the entire church just erupts. People are dancing and throwing their hands up in the air. I look over and the music director just has tears streaming down his face and I'm just playing three notes mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, this is this is wild, you know, but like, that's what can make a good solo a good solo. It's not about how sure. many notes and, uh, like constantly playing, you know, it's about not playing, playing the notes when they need to be played, playing the the correct notes sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, a uh, it's always kind of like this weird disconnect, this slush really like, it's been a, interesting for me as a guitar player learning how to phrase because I felt like on the bass I feel like I knew phrasing well mm. and like that's what I've loved about uh, writing in perpetual care and playing the bass because I feel like uh, with my bass playing in perpetual care there's kind of uh, they're almost statements in themselves they're like this this counter harmony yeah. kind of thing happening and there's this this phrasing that happens and I've really enjoyed being able to express in perpetual care but then trying to take that idea and put it on the guitars. I've always had this weird disconnect with it. Like it just—it mm-hmm. didn't feel the same. I know the the roles of the instruments are different. So of course yeah. I'm playing different when I'm playing the bass, but uh, trying to accomplish that on the guitar was just always so difficult for me.
1: Yeah. Well, it's cool that you're starting to make the, like the, it sounds like more of like a mental transition, mm-hmm. which is cool. And like you're, you're learning the functionality of your instrument within the music taking solos and stuff like that. I do have to check. I check myself every once in a while. I'll pick up Jacob's bass to remind myself mm. how bad I am at it. Cause like, I think it, it gets a little too, I get a little too heady about it. I'm like, I could pick up a bass. I could play a bass. And then I do. And I'm like, all right. I feel it. <laughs> Ego checked.
0: <laughs> I hear it.
1: <laughs> it's, it's, it's a totally different feel, especially and like, I'm somebody who finger prick, f- finger prick, finger picks pretty regularly on a guitar. Mm-hmm. And finger play, playing a bass is a, a totally different animal. It might as well be a fucking piano. It's like it's totally piano. different.
0: And I mean it's a different instrument and again the uh, the functionality of what's happening is completely different too, you know.
1: I'm always so. impressed by your bass playing. I think it's well, like you. I I love watching how comfortable you are in, on it and I love watching your fluidity when you play in perpetual care because there is this cool separation between you and Norton mm-hmm. in terms of like I, I know he takes a lot of the rhythmic responsibility and sort of more of like the singer-songwriter kind of role and then watching you enhance that with a bass is really cool that's something that I always really enjoy watching
0: oh yeah that's definitely uh, that's what I've liked about this as well there's a lot of space in a uh, perpetual mm-hmm. care for me to move around in and mm-hmm. explore stuff so like Molly takes care of especially a lot of that auxiliary kind of like filling out that higher end space and then um since Norton isn't uh, moving around as much on the guitar there's just a lot for me to kind of uh do around and that mess around in that range and kind of add some more movement to things and uh just counter harmony to especially the, the vocal melodies that are happening
1: mm-hmm. for sure I think this is probably something we should have probably started with but
0: how long have you been playing music for Uh let's see so I have uh... Picked up the first instrument I picked up was uh, the violin in the fifth grade. Oh wow! So I don't even how was a fifth grader like nine, eight, eight or nine? I f- maybe eleven. <sighs> I think it was uh, probably I think I was around eight or nine. Okay. Because then around ten or eleven is when I started playing bass. Okay. So, and that's when I cuz everyone I was in the orchestra playing the violin and my friends want to start a band, but I don't want to leave ah. the orchestra. Mm-hmm. So, I switched over to the bass instead of the violin.
1: And did you make the transition like to an electric bass or?
0: Yeah, then I, I was living in Washington state and then uh, my family moved down here and they didn't have an orchestra, so they got me an electric bass and mm-hmm. I started playing in the middle school band. So, you grew up in you grew up in on the West Coast or the West uh, Coast state. Yeah. For a little bit, like I was born in Florida, but then yeah, I moved out to Excuse me. Moved out to California and Washington. Oh wow, and
1: made mm. the transition pretty early. Yeah, yeah. So you've been down here for so like ever since. Since I was about eleven. So, okay. Yeah. And like, has the bass been your
0: primary instrument for most of that time? Oh yeah, for for the longest time. Like, uh, I mean, I started playing guitar when I was like thirteen or fourteen. My uncle found some uh, first act guitar on the side of the road and nice. kind of like put nice. some new tuning pegs on there, restrung it, and gave it to me as a gift. Aw. So uh, I picked up the guitar and started learning the guitar, but I was always more like, oh, I'm a bass player. I'm just going to use this for like writing songs and stuff like that. So I never really actually started like trying to play the guitar until about like 3 or 4 years ago when we started doing the cover band thing. Mhm.
1: And you're so you're writing you're writing songs on guitar. You're writing some stuff on piano now more recently. Do you ever yeah. write stuff on bass like in terms of
0: <sighs> No. Yeah.
1: It's you kind know, of an odd know. instrument to do that with. I it, do see see some people that do like it.
0: I know Rachel Shainer. I mean, she has, yeah. a, she has a few tracks that, uh, yeah, it's just her singing and the bass, and I think that's super dope. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I'm just not really like, I don't know, I'm not a strong vocalist. Mm. So like trying to go off of one note, I might I probably well, I'd struggle with it. I haven't even really tried. Maybe but, a uh, little too much room. Yeah. Yeah. I need the I mean,
1: multi... Multitonalities. oh yeah yeah for sure no there's a there's a guy he's not from here his name's sean monday and he sort of does like the singer songwriter thing with a bass it's really fantastic to watch i'll send oh, yeah. some of his stuff your way because he's doing like he's almost like playing it like a finger-picked guitar mm. he has this like deep soulful voice like it's really nice. cool to watch but he's one of the few like bass players i've seen that can like comp and oh, like yeah. you know write play, sing all kind of with that instrument. it's an it's an odd one to choose for like not a song yeah. No no sure for sure for sure it's definitely not the first choice I feel like I might have to try it now though I want to, let's set that challenge there we We're go. go this is the first goal. the first challenge first goal is to write a song on bass. there we go with with lyrics I would say because that's a
0: oh yeah you know you could always do the Jocko thing. To me, I think that's uh, that's. I mean, as far as like, yeah, was what we're talking about. I think you have to, you gotta have the lyrics, lyric, lyrics, melody, and a bass mm-hmm. for it to be a. You wrote a song. Mm-hmm. I think it's so. a cool concept. I yeah, think, yeah. like, I, I think the world could use a little bit
1: more of that. Maybe that's what the world needs right now.
0: <laughs> or more singer songwriter bass players. Yeah, maybe it sets it sets a couple things right. I have oh, a yeah. prediction for it for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a my have my prediction right now. I think uh the future of music is going to be microtonal. You think so? It's going to, that's my prediction right now okay. for the future of music. Tell me why. Uh, well, I mean, so if, you, if you've kind of noticed the trend, especially so that lo-fi hip-hop thing is kind mm. of like blown up, you know, and um, that in itself, I think sampled music is getting quite popular. And just the, uh, the act of sampling in itself, kind of like messing with the audio and stuff like that, it's already microtonal. Like mm. it's not always perfectly in tune mm-hmm. and now you're noticing a lot of um especially a lot of like the the music youtubers are starting to like Adam Neely, for example, starting to put out a bunch of videos on like microtonal how to write microtonal songs and like how to like actually write a lo-fi hip hop song but play it and not just sample stuff mm-hmm. so that's my prediction, I think uh with a with current popular music, okay, that'd be an interesting shift I Still- think. And it's like, I mean, especially if you ever listen to it, it kind of like opens up a sonic world. So, uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, with computers and everything where a lot of music's being made nowadays, like why not when you can just put on a program and, uh, set up a, a different, uh, what do you call it? Uh, a temperament system. Cause I know we have equal temperament is what we use right now. Mm-hmm. So you, instead of like a uh, 12 tonal system we use instead of like 24 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like quarter steps and stuff. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's interesting. That's an interesting prediction, <laughs> and it's not one that I had thought about before this. So. I think it's going to
0: happen 10 years from now. Everyone's going to be looking back at that. Oh, Darian guessed it.
1: The sitar's coming back, man. Too bad exactly. Brian Jones isn't around to see it. <laughs> he was right, man. He was right all along. Yeah, that's that's interesting to think about. I. Th- so you, th- you think that's going to hit the airway? Like that's going to be the popular sort of... I okay, guess people man. are moving away from traditional radio, but... That's what's gonna permeate that sort of environment, you think?
0: Oh yeah. Well, you even see uh, what was his name? Uh, Childish Gambino. Mm-hmm. When he did that song, Redbone. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that song is a. Uh, it's actually slightly out of tune. It's and like they did it in like yeah. four forty or whatever. Some some different tuning, like set up the the Hertz or whatever to something else. I don't know. Okay. I can't remember exactly off the top of my oh, head. Oh, like so. the the sample rate. Well, like you know how your your tuner's what set to like four thirty two or something like that. Four. Th- 432 for oh, like a the default
1: 440 yeah yeah
0: 440 yeah yeah so yeah. i think yeah they went to like 432 then or something like that
1: oh okay it's yeah. interesting yeah they, there's actually this weird thing so uh people with like perfect pitch are noticing that mm-hmm. like around the world due to like some warming spots there's like actual shifts in where true a sits so i get like they was i was watching a video about it and i you know this is my mediocre take on what's going on but like basically in some spots they're like saying true a tuning is even as high as like 444 and that's just as a, that's just by nature of like how warm the air is there it's kind of interesting, interesting. Yeah. yeah it is interesting just because we were talking about that that's the one thing i had to say <laughs> oh yeah and that's, I my... mean, that's... <coughs>
0: Yeah, i definitely have to look into that man yeah it's it's intriguing but, I mean, you have a lot of ours, like Jacob Collier. I mean, he's doing a lot of, uh, like, oh, what do they call it? So we have equal temperament and then uh, just intonation. Mm. He's doing a lot of justly intonated because you know how, like, uh, so, like, a piano is, like, as you move up through the octaves, everything's slightly out of tune. Yeah. Same with the guitar. Yeah. Well, this is he's going back and, like, justly intonating, intonating everything. So those thirds are, are perfect. Thirds Ooh. based off of ratios. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like this isn't—it isn't a new concept. Like it started back in the day with like Miles Davis and stuff like that. They started doing justly intonated music. So mm-hmm. now you see, I think it's kind of uh, getting a little bit more popular.
1: Yeah, I, I could definitely see that as being like a, like a good prediction for a shift. Because you know, for a, like a while, you have like sort of this. In terms of Western music, like it was a pretty rigid structure in terms of like how you could comp a piece, and then mm-hmm. I forget his name, but he came up with the whole tone scale, mm-hmm. and then that's like all he worked with for the bulk of his career, and that took a a little bit of attention, and then it was pretty quickly back to the traditional sort of music theory, and then you have the advent of the electric guitar, and a lot of music theory goes out the window, and so that'd be an interesting shift to think about. Oh yeah. Well, I'll keep that in mind, and I'll have a lot of stuff banked just in case that's the shift, and then maybe I can cash in. There you go, man. Yeah. All right, man. Well, like, this is fun. This was a lot of fun. Is there anything yeah. else you you got you wanted to? put I, out into the universe
0: i really just keep an eye out for perpetual care you know we gotta we got some good things in the works definitely so.
1: whiskey and wine performing regularly enough for oh, anybody yeah.
0: to go see if they wish we'll be out just follow us on facebook we're, uh, we're getting a little bit better about the gram so you know yeah, yeah, follow yeah. us on there and, and i'll
1: include i'll include links and stuff on this oh, to yeah, yeah. for most of everything and
0: yeah you'll be
1: the one with like the most links so far. So that's like there four or five links. So, well, thanks for coming by, man. Thanks yeah. for doing this. Appreciate you. Pleasure talking me, man. to you. Friend. Yeah, man, it was fun. And we're,